Hello and welcome to this week's Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Becky. And I'm Emma. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. How's everyone? Fine. Fine. <laughs> God. When are we going to get over this beginning never. of the podcast? No, I was just thinking about last week. Um, I don't know if you girls have listened to the episode yet, but we said hello so tunefully. Oh, did it we? Was like, it was really harmonised. Like angels from up above. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but it, it was very tuneful. I also just said up above with a TH rather than a V at the end, so that's nice. And isn't up above, um, oh, what's that word? Because it's, if it's up, it's above, and above is up. Do you know what I when mean? you're up, you're up, and when she was down, Is it down. like a double positive makes a negative or something like that? No, there's a word for it. Um, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like saying down below. If you're going down, it's below. Yeah. You don't have to say them both. Anyway, welcome to Grammar with Emma. <laughs> uh, all the fun. When you write an right email, here. if you do that, it like double corrects you. It corrects you, doesn't it? And says like, do you need both words? Actually, yes, I do. Thank you. Spell check. What riveting, riveting conversation. Yes, riveting <laughs> for our listeners. Listen, sometimes we have intelligent conversations. Well, we don't because I don't know. There is a word <laughs> for it and I don't know what the word is. <sighs> True. So it'll come to me at some point when my brain decides to work. Anyway, we have stuff to say. We have stuff to say, guys. Probably an hour and 20 minutes worth of shit to say. So buckle in. Yeah, here we go. Um, f- flipping heck, I forgot oh, your name then. Which one? Becky. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> No longer the favourite, are you? <laughs> no, I think I just forgot everything for a split second. Yeah, like. jig yourself out. Try and jig. Jig. Dig. <laughs> what kind of a jig? You said jig. You definitely I said, said jig. jig. You said jig. No, I didn't. You defo did. <laughs> Babes, it's on recording. It's on recording. Right, this is, right, everyone, this is bullying. <laughs> I can just see myself doing a little Irish jig. <laughs> anyway, who's got shit to say? Because I've got shit to say. Becky has. Let's start with Becky. You have an email. Right, so this email is from Jess. Here goes. So it says, Hi, girls. So this might be a bit of a long one, so bear with me. Years ago, my ex's mum and her friends decided to do a Ouija board at their house. Within weeks, creepy shit started to happen. Yeah, Ouija boards are bad news. Yeah. So in the end, they had to get a priest to come and bless the house as it got so bad. Oh, that is bad. Yeah. It was that bad that they were seeing the spirits and and they were talking to them. Oh, no, that's no, 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 thank you. Yeah. The things that happened that stick with me the most are the following. So number one, I was in the shower after going to the gym. In the shower. Showing off because she goes to the gym. (laughs) Yeah. All right. (laughs) And also shower. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm a perv. Sorry, Jess. No, I'm just lazy and jealous of people that go to the gym. Also, normal to have a shower. Yeah, well done. Hygiene. 
the shower was behind the door, so you couldn't see if anyone was in the shower until you were in the bathroom. All of a sudden, I was washing my hair and I heard someone wolf whistle at me. Oh, no, I hate being in the shower for this exact reason. For all the people wolf whistling at you. <laughs> no, because you can't really see. Because if you've got shower doors, they're always like those tainted, you know, the bubbly glass thing that you can't really see through. Yeah. And when you're washing your hair, you've got your eyes closed anyway, right? Unless you're like a maniac. No, and- I don't think I close my eyes when I wash my hair. That's just proved my point. No, I can't close my eyes because that's when a murderer will come to the to the. Well, exa- but shower. I close my eyes because I like not having shampoo in my eyes. <laughs> oh, I love, I like the sting. <laughs> <laughs> Live for that. Don't you tip your head back a bit? Yeah, yeah but it's still, still at some point I'll end up with shampoo in my eyes. Anyway, so yes, I get scared in the shower because I'm worried that somebody's watching me without knowing. Also, that woman I spoke about a few weeks ago, the kinky ghost, he said, oh, looking good while she was oh, in yeah. the shower. <laughs> oh, <laughs> looking <laughs> good. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, she was at her ex's house, so she shouted at her ex thinking that it was him so she shouted at him called him a pervert and then when he shouted from downstairs did you just shout me no nope i never showered so fast in my life as i told him what had happened he then told me that the same thing happened to his sister when she was in the bath in the house alone so the ghost is creepy i don't like it nope Another time, in the same house, after a night out, I'd gone to the toilet and felt someone put their hands in the middle of my back and push me over. I literally landed on my face in the middle of the landing and woke the entire house up. Everyone else told me it was because I was drunk and I tripped, but I swear to this day I felt two hands on the bottom of my back and someone pushed me over. Tash has a question. Go on, what? I thought you were talking to the girls, sorry. That's why I just carried on. Yeah, fucking rude. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I really thought you were talking to the girls. No. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was like, why is she ignoring me? So I checked to see if my phone was on mute. Sorry, darling. Go ahead. What's the question? I'll go back if you want. Well, she sat on the toilet when she got pushed off it. I'm so glad you asked that because I also was thinking, wait, she got pushed off the toilet. (laughs) I think she was on her way to the toilet. Oh, okay. Because if whatever pushed her off the toilet and into the landing, sort of bare ass in air. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Like, I really prefer that version. That's not only terrifying, but also embarrassing. Also, I'd just like to circle back to who these events are happening to. Is it the boyfriend's mum or... No, it's her. It's oh, it's the, her. The, the, it's Jess who's sending us the okay, email. Yeah, fine. These are things that happened to her, but in the house where her ex-boyfriend's mum had done the Ouija board. Okay. So they'd awaken things in that house. Yeah. And this is what happened to Jess while she okay, was there. fine. So everyone else told her that she was drunk and that they didn't believe her, but she swears to this day that she felt two hands on the bottom of her back and that she felt those hands push her over. That's very unpleasant. Yeah, that's not the one, is it? Yeah. 
Another thing that happened is she would be sat in in her ex's room watching a film and we'd be the they'd be the only ones in the house and you'd hear people walking around downstairs laughing and talking to each other and then we'd get up to go see who was there and it would just completely stop. No. Silence. Don't like that either at all. I don't like any of this. That's horrible, isn't it? That's terrifying. Yeah. We'd hear the sound of metal coat hangers being scraped across the hanging rails in the dead of night. Nope. So I don't like that. Nope. That's quite menacing, isn't it? I don't like metal sounds in the night. No, but it all feels like, you know, residual energy to me. This doesn't, obviously the pushing thing's not great, but like people walking around laughing downstairs is almost like residual energy, isn't it? Ghost party, how many are in there? Why are they all in the cupboard? Well, they're not, they're getting their jackets. No, <laughs> their ghost jackets to go to their ghost car, to go to their little ghost house. <laughs> there would also be knocking on the bedroom door that when you told whoever it was to come in, no one ever did. Oh, I hate that. No, mm-mm. I don't like that. That's I don't know why. It's not the worst bit, but it's one of the worst bits. <laughs> knocking on the door. And then the last one that would be, there would be footsteps behind you on the wooden stairs oh, with nobody no. around. I mean, that's everybody's worst fear, like, isn't it? At night time, going up and down the stairs, you have to kind of do that little, little padding run. jog. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to make it worse than ever. You'd also hear them walking across the landing and up and down the stairs. So nope. you'd have to do the turn the light off, run upstairs thing, and there'd be someone walking behind you. Yeah. No, that's awful. She said they eventually were seeing these ghosts and talking to them. I think that was more her ex's mum and her friends. I mean, that's bizarre, man. Yeah. Wow. Eventually, my ex moved out into a flat with his friends, and right from the beginning, something fell off. So something's following him around, Jess, maybe. Uh, after a few months, things started to happen. Doors started to open, knocking on the door again, the usual. It's lovely that she, that's usual for her now. Yeah, her. Oh, it's just the usual. Just the norm. Um, One evening, I'd gone to the flat after work and was there on my own i went to the toilet and shut the door the door didn't lock and when i went to open the door i couldn't i tried and tried it was like it was locked from the outside i was stuck in the bathroom for about 30 minutes until he got home from work and heard me crying hysterically upstairs as one would and then he came upstairs and just opened the door so easily I told him what happened, and the same thing had happened to him a few days earlier. You think that he would have warned her not to close the door? But then again, I suppose with flatmates, you have to shut your door. It's not like it can be. But what if she didn't, and then it slammed shut? I mean, that would have been even worse. Yeah. This is terrifying yeah, me. it's horrible. In the same flat, we were sat on the sofa watching TV on a Saturday evening. Now, this flat wasn't very big, so the sofa was literally against the wall, which is where I was, curled up on the sofa against the wall, and he was at the other end. When someone coughed, and I mean a distinct cough in my ear, next oh, no. to the wall, and I've never sat in the same spot again. 
Yeah, no, I've had stuff in my ear, not not a fan. So there's no way that someone could have walked behind it because the wall was right there. Were you giggling at <laughs> stuff in my ear, Tash? No. no. I heard a little murmur on the, on I the, think she the was. old microphone there. No. Tash. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I can think is like a wet willy, you know, when you do that to people. Oh, yeah. That's a lot better than what I thought you were thinking. No, I was just thinking of wet willies because they're funny. <laughs> but yeah, hearing stuff that you can't explain right in your ear is awful. That's not joyous, is it? I'm not enjoying any of this. There's been other things that have happened to me in that flat, including walking in on the ex having a threesome. But I don't Fucking think hell. that counts as spooking. What no. a wanker. That's awful. He deserves the haunted flat. A hundred percent. Jess, what did you do? We need to know what you did. I saw a really good thing on TikTok and I've decided if I ever get into another relationship and if that person cheats on me, this is what I'm going to do as revenge. Is I'm going to put glitter everywhere in their place now. Oh, I saw that. Oh my God. I was like, that's the best revenge ever, isn't it? Oh God, Jess, I'm so sorry you had to see that, but also I really hope you got your own back. Yeah. Did you put glitter everywhere? Uh, If not, we are willing to accompany you to do that. PM us the address and we'll send some glitter bombs. (laughs) We'll send him a bag of dicks. (laughs) Oh, is that that it? Yeah, it says, anyway, I hope this was the kind of thing that you were looking for, Jess. Yes, Jess. Nailed it, mate. Absolutely nailed it. Thank you so much for that. I mean, I don't know if I'll sleep tonight. That was awful. Yes. But in a good way, if that makes sense. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was such a well-written email. It was. Go Jess. I can't speak and I can't read properly, but that was very well written. Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, writing (laughs) in and listening and yeah, cool. And that's made me even feel even more awkward in the shower. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, shudder. Because I never shut the bathroom door either. Because oh, I never just, shut I'm the just bathroom wor- door. I'm just worried about it. But then, like, the kids tiptoe upstairs and they're just there all of a sudden. Oh, like, I never oh. shut the bathroom door because I'm never left alone in the bathroom anyway. So I think, what's the point in shutting the bathroom door? Because yeah. if you shut the door and then you open it, then it gets really cold. But if you just leave the bathroom door open the whole time, like, the temperature's, like, the same. Does that make sense? Uh, Probably. Probably on a non-tired brain. It probably made perfect sense. I've got a little ghost story from a listener. It's only a little mini one. Nothing quite as uh, extravagant as Jess, but creepy all the same. Go on. So a listener called Joey, who loves our podcast and gets in touch quite a lot, he said, I'm not the only one who has a creepy child because his eight-year-old, I think he said, asked him what happens when you die? And he said, well, people go to heaven. And his eight-year-old replied with, well, why are all the dead people in our house then? Oh, oh no. Throw the whole me. child away. Yeah. <laughs> Exchange that one. Yeah. That one be defective. <laughs> and he said he knows that she's onto something because they've noticed that like the lights will come on and they've done it on purpose, like to leave the lights off in a room and make a note that they're off and that that nobody goes near that room. And then when they go and check, they're back on again. 
Yeah, fuck that for a laugh. That's happened multiple times. So he said, there's definitely something in there. But yeah, that, that sent a chill down my spine. Yeah, that's that's gross as well. It's almost creepier from a kid, isn't it? And it makes me feel physically sick. It's definitely creepier from a kid because you know they're telling the truth. Yeah. Because at that age, there's no reason to lie. No. So, yeah. Creepy. Gross. So at least I'm not alone. No. So, Jason has messaged me again. Big up, Jason. Is this Jason from a band? Jason from a band. Uh, He has managed to convince two of the guys in his band to go with him to the Pontefract house. Yes! They are going to get it booked in, hopefully for January or February time. And then I said we would have them onto the show. Yes, definitely. Mm, I wonder if they could live stream while they're there or something. Maybe I can get, I'll speak to him. Uh, I mean, he'll hear this, but maybe he can do some videos uh, of some happenings going on, hopefully. That'd be really, really cool. Um, And he's also told his fellow bandmate about our podcast. So hopefully fellow bandmate of Jason, you are listening and hello to you. Hello to you. We don't know you. That's what we like. (laughs) Spread the word. Spread the word. Uh, Shall we do Tinder with Tash? Yeah, let's do Tinder with Tash. Can you put the jingle on? Yep. Sit down, you boys and girls, and everyone in between. Story time. Tash has stories for you, both funny and obscene. Did she swipe right, swipe left, or find out he had a rash? We're about to find out, because it's Tinder with Tash. Okay, well, thank you as ever, JT, for that fantastic jingle. Who's ready for part two of Speed Dating with Tash? Me. Is this not part three? No, because no, last two. week I did the weird text from we don't even know who. Fuzzy bum. He's not texted me since, so he didn't want it that bad, did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, on to dating. So we had uh, the three first men who didn't cut it for me. We had the one that you don't remember the name and we don't know what he does, but he did a master's yeah. and he was very clever. Yeah. I don't know why I said master's. That's not <laughs> how I speak. <laughs> master's. A master's. Then we had then daddy. Daddy. Yeah. And then we had... That didn't get the joke. And then we had the guy that just turned up in his baseball cap and his jeans. Exactly and that. Just couldn't be asked. Well remembered. See, I take notes, man. I, listen, better than me because I have got literal notes to remember this. So next was David, who was definitely over the age category, which is fine, you know, uh, whatever. But, you know, probably nearer 50 than I would like to date. You're always saying you're looking for a sugar daddy though, babe. I don't know that David's a sugar daddy. Okay. Sorry, David, I tried. <laughs> David had again it's not all about looks but I enjoy a bald man like I like a bald head I think like I do find that attractive and he is one of these men that should definitely embrace the fact that he's balding and just shave his head but instead has got a dodgy comb over oh no 
David, no. You're kidding no one, hun. It, we can look, see. It, it makes you look older. It does, with 100%. And when 100%. if you embrace it, like you say, and just shave it. it makes you exactly. Look yeah. Shave it off. And he told me he does some sort of film club. I didn't... I didn't really Ooh. understand what the situation was. He said he film club showed films and cooked food. I don't know who for. I, I was very confused about what was going on. You know, as I was telling you something, you're like, I don't, I don't really understand what you mean. Like all the words he was saying completely made sense, but I just didn't get the gist. So he was basically saying that he does Netflix and chill, but the old-fashioned way with film and... But what I... Literally, Netflix and chill. My understanding was it was for multiple people. I don't know. Why is he a swinger then? Did he have pampas grass outside of his house? I didn't ask that. I should have. But then he said, so I said, oh, so you must be a good cook then. Because I thought, I don't really understand what you're going on about. So I'll go for something I understand, which is food. And he was like, oh, well, I've not given anyone food poisoning. Well, apart from myself. And I was like, oh, okay. And he, he went, could have oh. just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes would have been the good answer. Yeah. Yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good cook. <laughs> uh, so he said, um apart from himself and then he said that was uh, an interesting night on the toilet and i thought david <laughs> oh david no. oh baby oh i feel for david now's not the time to talk about your toilet habits babe <laughs> <laughs> no so we uh luckily the bell went and i was like i think i think um i think it's time to move tables now thank you <laughs> my husband still looks at me disgusted if i mention anything to do with my toilet habits and we've been together since 2013 and he's just like that's too much information each to their own i don't i think maybe you're allowed to talk about that now after you've been together that long do i want to hear well, i'm a- not like going into great detail i'm no. just like right today it's probably best that i don't go too far away from the toilet yeah you know that's that's <laughs> I think it's a sensible comment to make. <laughs> I come, if I've had a decent poo, I'll come out and tell my husband about it. I'm like, oh, I feel really good now. That was a really good poo. Or sometimes I'll pretend to fly out of the toilet. Somewhere in between both of those things is great, I think. Um, yeah. I won't be seeing David again. Well, no, t- talk about the toilet, yeah. comb over, David. No, dude. And just too old for me anyway. Yeah. Next, there was Ed. Ed was so funny. You know when... I love the name, Ed. Oh, my God. Like, sat down, told me his name, and he went, well, it's Ed, but I don't remember whether I put Ed or Edward or Eddie or what I put on the, like, app after for, like, so you could basically swipe right or left on somebody. And he he did have me in stitches for, like, five minutes. The only downside to Ed is that his voice reminds me very much of my aunt's partner. <laughs> so my uncle, essentially. Well, there's nothing he can do about who that. Who also mildly bullied me by calling me a horrible nickname when I was a child. I jest, he didn't bully me at all, but he did always call me a nickname that I will not be telling you what it was here on the show. And if any of my family think it's funny to put that on Facebook or on, on our social media, then... I will give you all crusties when I see you next. 
What's crusty? a crusty? <laughs> What's a crusty? You know when you like... <laughs> I don't you know like the like word. Rub your knuckles on someone's head really fast. I like a nuggie. Well, I'm sure. I think we call it a crusty in my family. But I'm instantly doubting myself. <laughs> Have you just made the, the word crusty? <laughs> no, I'm sure that's what we called it. Anyway, so... so I don't Ed's... think I have a word for it. I think I just say ruffling someone's hair with your knuckles. I don't, oh, don't she's back with her ruffling. <laughs> Becky loves a ruffle. Becky does love a ruffle. But Ed's out for me anyway. He was really nice and really funny. And like, you know, would be great on a night out with a group of people. Like, he'd be really funny. Yeah. But I, I don't want to have sex with him. Well, that's, you know, your prerogative. Yeah. Um, if the chemistry's not there, it's not there. I must admit, I do like a man who can make me laugh, though. Oh, yeah. I absolutely, I love that. But it's kind of a bit like the ick thing. Although he didn't give me the ick, he just reminded me too much of my uncle. Yeah. So that's yeah. weird. I remember the exact moment I fell in love with my husband. Yeah, go on. We were, were on a date and... uh we had gone to a zoo. Oh, nice. Yep. He decided to start imitating a monkey, which was <laughs> hilarious. That could go one of two ways, though, couldn't it? Well, either, yeah, it would either give you the ick or it didn't. It didn't give me the ick. I thought it was funny, but I said, I bet you didn't walk around the zoo like that. And he then proceeded to walk around the zoo like a monkey. That surprises me so much of him. Yeah, yeah. he did. And that was the exact moment that I was like, I love you. Oh, oh yeah. that's emotional. Because he made me laugh. He made me laugh so much because he looked like such a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been, because with, with how Ben is, with he's quite, you know, shy and just um, doesn't like being the centre of attention or anything like that. And then for him to monkey squeak all the way around the zoo... <laughs> It wasn't just even to make the noises. Laugh. He was doing the walk as well, you know, like how the, he, like, he was hilarious. proper like hopping about. Oh, it was hilarious. It was. He's a funny guy. Well done, Ben. We appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, so Ed's no, David's Ed's no. no. Yeah. Uh, then we're on to Peter. Peter was so strange. It's unreal. Strange Pete. Within <laughs> like five seconds. Of Is it a stinky down. Pete? Strangey Pete. <laughs> told me about his therapist, uh, which I'm not against you having a therapist. I think that's great. But I don't know if you need to tell me about the conversation you had with your therapist that day. No, it's, it comes back. I mean, it's not to the same disgust level, but it comes back to the toilet habits, not the first conversation you want to be having no, with somebody. And, and I just, like, I am open-minded and I think absolutely fantastic you see a therapist for whatever reason it may be that, you know, I do genuinely think that's commendable, but... Oversharing. He was oversharing. And then he went on to tell me that people with ADHD make great skiers because they have long index fingers. So if any of our listeners have ADHD and you've got a long index finger, get on the ski slopes, mate, because Pete said you'd be great at it. That's your calling. That's very strange. Yeah. And I mean, again, I feel like I could actually have some really interesting... He's clearly a very knowledgeable person. 
I just don't understand how you got onto that conversation when you were only allowed to speak to each other for five minutes. So he, the the way we got onto that was he asked me what my best quality about myself was and the thing I disliked the most about myself was. And I said, I don't like that. I'm not very consistent. I have the best of intentions, but I get bored very quickly. Well, you and keep he, showing up with us every week. This so. is the most consistent thing in my life, other than work and being a mum. I mean, yeah. the the only three things I have time for. So, but <laughs> I'm just not very consistent. I get bored easily. I'll, like, I'm just, whatever. Anyway. Oh, so he then said, do you have ADHD? Yeah, so then he asked if I had ADHD, which I thought was quite a personal question. And I went... Listen, I think probably 75% of the population has ADHD at the moment, according to everything I see on TikTok. So, and that's how that got into that. But that was weird anyway. That's a very strange fact. ADHD make great skiers. Strange yeah. Pete. Shall we leave it at three like last time? We can leave it at three, but I have only got two more. So do we want to eke it out another week? Yeah, we'll ink it out a bit. Because we're right, already at cool. 37 minutes I in. Mean, yeah. Also gives me time to maybe go on a date or something. Uh... <laughs> Get some more. Yeah. Because it's your job now, Tash. You have a yeah. jingle and everything. Oh, no, I'll be able to... I'll, I'll remember things from uh, previous dates. It's fine. Date you must. Oh, my God. I've actually got a really good one. So I'll remember that, hopefully. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> great. <laughs> the song from last week. So it wasn't last week for us, but it was last week for everybody else. Hang on. Is that right? I don't know. But it was Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, it was from our Halloween live. Uh, and it was Bohemian Rhapsody. And we got three right answers. Ruth, Megan and Stacey. So well done. Well done, everybody. Well done. Round of applause. But it, look, it sounds a bit like balls slapping when we, slap, when we clap on the oh. podcast. It, it does make that quick sex sound, oh. doesn't it? that's horrible (laughs) right i think we've covered all our bases should we get into actually doing some stories yep i suppose i suppose who's first i'm first today i think okay yeah you are yeah you are we had and this is not a word of a lie we had so many technical issues with the robert the doll episode it wasn't even funny like, I really began to think, are we cursed? I mean, it's mad, isn't it? When we were talking about it as well in our little our little group chat, the amount of little voice notes that I'd sent and then they just didn't send. And I had to say the same thing three times. And one of the time I was like laughing as like a, a, like a ha ha ha, yeah. I had to then fake the next two ha 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 yes that I said <laughs> I hate that so much. The first one was very genuine. And then the by the time it got to the one that you guys received, I just must have been like, oh, huh, huh. Oh, I didn't yeah. know your Facebook fa- uh, audio messages had gone wrong. But Becky sent me a, her audio. So each time we record an episode, the girls export their audio and send it to me. So Becky's audio, the first time she sent it to me, nearly gave me a heart attack, but it was three minutes long. Long, and we've done what like over two hours of recording she had it all saved so it was fine but that was weird and then once i'd edited all the oh tash you had audio issues didn't you you were coming in and out and in and out and you, there's no but reason yeah, why but that was weird because 
you girls said to me that I kept going in and out, but what I record on and what we speak on is two different devices. So it shouldn't... It shouldn't have picked up on you going in and out, but you were doing. Yeah. And then when I'd finished editing the file, I always upload it and share it with the girls so that they can kind of give it a listen through just to make sure, you know, everything's okay before I publish it. And again, I uploaded it and the whole ending was missing, even though it was there on the file that I uploaded. So yeah, nothing but technical glitches. It was very strange. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the one, was it, last week? It wasn't. Well, I'm not doing a a cursed object this week. Good. But I am going to take you back to Victorian London. My favourite part of London. I love that. Love a... You know, like um, Downton Abbey and stuff like that. Oh, like period drama. Period drama. I love a period... Ooh, no. Love a period story, I was going to say. But <laughs> I love a period. Not the same thing. Oh, I love me a period. Oh, I love periods. Yes. Right. Come with me back to Victorian London. I'll set the scene. We're right in the industrial evolution, so factories are booming everywhere. The upper class are living their best life because they own all the factories and they're just making all the money. The rich are getting richer. That sounds quite familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Middle class, they're doing okay. So the middle class, we're talking shopkeepers, dressmakers, bakers, you know, those kind of people. They're okay. Yeah, they've got food on their table at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quite a nice house. But they live quite close to the working class who are not doing okay. Because we're talking about industrial... um, Did I say industrial evolution? It's revolution. The industrial revolution, it needs people working, right? And working crappy jobs for long hours in shitty factories and for not a lot of money. And that's where your working class comes in. So they're having a bit of a shit time of it. They're working themselves to the bone for not a lot of money. Yeah. And because at the same time, we've got the Great Potato Famine in Ireland. So tons of people are flocking to London in search of work and food because they're all starving. And they're like, where can we go that we can get a job? Oh, London, because... There's all these factories and lots of jobs. So it's getting massively overpopulated as well. Yeah. The city's massively overpopulated. The graveyards are actually overflowing because they've got nowhere to put the bodies of people that are dying. All them work accidents. The sewage is overflowing everywhere. It's just disgusting. Illness, disease, vermin, all that. It's all rife. It's just shit, basically. You still love in this period drama, Becky. It's, I always think, though, when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I bet it stank. <laughs> but it stinks so much. People shitting in pots and then just chucking it out the window and uh, horses everywhere. They're pooing everywhere. And it's the human poo that I'm not looking forward to. Horse poo's okay. At least it's a bio poo. I can't remember the exact amount, but millions of people in London and it was just gross. And toilets didn't flush. Didn't you just have a hole to poo in? Uh, Possibly. possibly. And then chuck it out or or in a pot and chuck it out in the street. Yeah, like a chamber pot. Man, I don't know. I just know there was a lot of shit everywhere. (laughs) Child mortality was at 20%, which is ridiculously high. Ridiculous. Wow, yeah. Oh, dear. And the average life expectancy for a working-class Londoner was 19 years old. Oh, that's horrible. So, in short, everything's pretty awful. 
Now imagine all these factories pushing out smog every single day. The streets are grey from the pollution and the air is disgusting to breathe. Everything is gross and dirty and smelly. Everyone's exhausted and sick. You get the picture. It's not nice. Yeah, I suppose though, because you had to work those long hours, because if you didn't want to work them, they'll just get someone else to do it and you need your job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, there would have been somebody waiting for you to not do your job anymore to or take die. your place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, to die. But you couldn't even really do that because there was nowhere to put you. Oh. But things are going to get a lot worse. Everyone knows about Jack the Ripper who terrorised the streets of London in 1888. But did you know that there was another monster roaming about before then, scaring and attacking women so badly that some went mad from the experience? Ooh, no, tell us. Tell us now. No, I I didn't know that, Emma, but after this I will know, so do tell me. Get prepared for the knowledge bomb. I'm going to tell you all about the legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. Never heard of this. Okay. Spring-Heeled Jack is a creature that is tall and thin, wears tight-fitting clothes, oh, a cloak. I hate it already. I hate tall and thin things. It's horrible. You know, like like Slender Man, that kind of thing. Not just tall and thin people, obviously. But. I think Spring-Heeled Jack is probably the Victorian Slender Man. Uh, why are they all called Jack, though? What's the... What's the thing with that name? I don't know. Maybe it was just a common name back then. I don't know. Mm. So he's tall and thin, wears tight-fitting clothes, a cloak and a helmet. He has fiery red eyes, claws for fingers. He breathes blue and white flames. He's got a thin chin and he's very pale. Some say he even had horns like some type of a demon. And most of all, he can jump over buildings and run along rooftops as if he had springs on the back of his boots. Hence his name. Parkour. Parkour. <laughs> parkour, parkour. <laughs> I don't like it when the monster's got too too much of an advantage. So I'm not liking it. If How are you supposed to run away from a guy that can parkour across the whole of London with his massive legs and his red eyes? And you know what I have in my head? You know the judge from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No. When he goes a bit loopy. At the, have you not seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Tash? No. The baddie. Well, um, maybe. The baddie of it, yeah, the judge. Yeah, the one with the eyes. Yeah, the glowing red eyes. Yeah. And at the end, he springs, doesn't he? Yeah. So that's well, all I, I could think about. You need to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's Do a I? classic. Your okay. kids would love it, Tash. All right, I'll watch it. Oh, but I'm still emotionally damaged from the shoe. No, we don't talk about the shoe. Okay. It's always too soon. Yeah. I'll never be ready to talk about the shoe. (laughs) When he first started appearing, people thought they were seeing a ghost as this pale figure would shapeshift into a white bull or bear and run at them. She's just horrible. What the? I don't understand. How how are you? You just no hope. How how is this going to happen? Theories now, however, have changed and people all have their own theories as to what he was. He could have been a prankster from the upper class fulfilling a bet to scare the poorer people. Cruel, absolutely, but entirely plausible given the mentality of the time. Yeah, like, oh, let's go, let's go scare the poors. <laughs> yes, let's go torture the peasants. <laughs> as if they're not poor enough. Exactly. 
He could have been just one lunatic that started attacking people and then others continued as copycats, making him a collective of people, which could explain why sometimes his appearance changes. He could have been a cryptid. Do you remember what a cryptid is? No. I can't, I can't <laughs> help but think of the word encrypted, like encrypted as in like a file. A cryptid is like Bigfoot or the Yeti or the Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Or- oh, yeah. Do you remember the hide behind and the rake? Yeah. Yeah. So he could have been a cryptid. After all, he had glowing red eyes and he could breathe blue fire. And although nowadays such things could be easily faked, back in the 19th century, someone would have had to have some serious scientific knowledge to give himself that appearance. And even to this day, I'm not aware of any springs that could propel somebody over buildings. Uh, No, am I? No. Not, like, accurately. No, and this was, like, accurately. Mm. Some believe that he was an alien from another world. Another theory is that Jack is just folklore. Generally speaking, people back then were literate, so the only way to share a story was by word of mouth. And we all know how Chinese whispers can distort the truth. Maybe he was simply just a creepy guy and people exaggerated the story until eventually he became Spring-Heeled Jack. I will now tell you about the attacks and the accounts from the victims, and by the end, maybe you can decide for yourself what you believe. In September 1837, in Barnes Common, a businessman and three girls over the course of two nights were attacked by a red-eyed cloaked thing that clawed at them whilst laughing maniacally. Is that how you say that word? That is how you say that word, but I don't know what it means. Is it like, ha ha! Yeah, like a maniac, maniacally. <laughs> Can I have your best crazy person laugh? Mine? Yeah, take it in I turns. <laughs> That's very witchy, I like it. What about you, Tash? <laughs> no, I feel self-conscious. <laughs> Tosh, that was terrifying. That was actually terrifying. Did you transform? (laughs) My eyes are bulging. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. I'm glad we're friends. So the businessman is a bit strange because, as we'll see, Jack generally only attacks women when men aren't around because he's obviously very brave. Yeah. In early October 1837 in Cutthroat Lane, which is not a nice name for a lane. No. No, it's not very nice at all. I'm not walking down Cutthroat Lane. Yeah, next to Shank Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just wouldn't go down there. You'd be like, nah, I'll probably give Cutthroat Lane a miss and just go down all the nice streets. <laughs> Why is it called Cutthroat Lane? Especially in like the 1800s. No thanks. No. But anyway, he struck again. This time his victim was called Mary Stevens. She was on her way home from her parents' house when he jumped out in front of her and grabbed her. He began clawing at her clothes, ripping them off, and kissing her face as he did. She, of course, screamed for help and Jack ran off and was nowhere to be found. She said his claws felt cold and clammy on her skin like those of a corpse. 
That's horrible. The kissing on the face, though, while he kind of just claws at her. Oh, yeah, that's gross, isn't it? Not, not a fan. So the following night, Jack jumped out in front of a coach, making it go off the road and crash. The driver was severely injured. The creature ran away by jumping over a nine-foot building, laughing hysterically as he did. On the same evening, a mother and her two sons passed a tall, thin, dark, cloaked figure near Clapham Churchyard. The figure mocked them as they went past. Do you know what this is reminding me of? The BFG. How did it mock them as they go by? Did you like the wanker sign? Wankers! (laughs) (laughs) Give them a lot of Vs. No, in my head, he was probably saying stuff like, oh, look at that whore and her two demon offspring. That kind of mocking. All right. Yeah. Look at that hussy having all those children. Look at the little beasts. Yeah. The BFG, I don't know where you've got that, because the BFG is nice. And haven't we mentioned the BFG like three times on like different episodes? (laughs) (laughs) Everything reminds Tash of the BFG. No, because you know he like is tall and like steps over the... He's a giant. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. Maybe he's not right, the BFG. (laughs) He's tall. Yeah, that's (laughs) the fucking point. He's a giant. (laughs) But he's also big and friendly, so nothing like Springhill Jack. Yeah, he's mocking and and clawy. Yeah. And kissy. On October the 11th, 1837, Polly Adams would become Jack's next victim. He assaulted her in Blackheath. He bounded in front of her and began tearing at her clothes with his metallic claws, exposing her breasts. She said he had fiery red eyes and spat out blue flames. He ran away once again, laughing mockingly. I'm not on board with the blue flames part. No. It's kind of scary until we get to blue flames and it just reminds me of Hades out of Hercules. Oh, Whoa. yeah. I know it's coming out of the mouth, but I keep picturing it coming out of his hair. Hercules. <laughs> and there is our Disney reference yeah. for the week. Bless my soul, Jack was on a roll, jumping over buildings and clawing at people. <laughs> <laughs> In late autumn of 1837, reports of attacks from the mysterious creature also were being reported in Hampton, Richmond and Kingston, so much so that an anonymous letter was posted to the Lord Mayor telling him of the attacks and how they had left some of the girls so frightened and traumatised that they'd gone mad. Uh, Of course they fucking went mad because they're women, they were hysterical, didn't they? Oh, well, just wait, just wait. Pisses me off. So I'm translating this letter itself as it's written in a very old-timey kind of way, but that was the general gist of it. The author went on to say how they didn't understand how and why the media weren't covering these attacks and wondered if perhaps someone was trying to cover something up. The Lord Mayor noticed how beautifully the letter was written and so he presumed it to be a lady who he mockingly assumed she was becoming hysterical. Yeah, of course he fucking did. Shocker. Pisses me off. I, it get, that really gets my goat. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But his mockery would soon turn to fear when the attacks continued. Yeah, twat. <laughs> you tell him, Becky. <laughs> oh, I want to headbutt him, you know, when you yeah. go, Whoa. 
Yeah, well, I can see me and Tush getting really low. What you say? I'm so Larry. <laughs> Hysterical, right <now>. am I? <laughs> As if to prove his case. <laughs> Winter 1837. Two young girls were cornered in Dulwich. The attacker ripped the clothes away from one of them before running away. In Forest Gate, a couple was attacked. The man had his face slashed by the claws, but the woman's screams and cries for help scared Jack away before he could attack her. He bounded away into the smog and vanished. Finally, in January 1838, the Lord Mayor addressed the public who were growing more and more terrified. He said that he thought the attacker to be a prankster, leaving women scared out of their senses. That's more than a prank though, isn't it? Yeah, clawing people's clothes off is not a prank. No, it's not cool. And the thing is, they say like ill-treated or assaulted and things like that. But after what I've gathered, if there was a sexual assault, they wouldn't have talked about it and they wouldn't have written it down because that would have like destroyed their family's reputation kind of thing. So we don't really know if it's just a bit of ripping of the clothes and kissing and stuff. It feels like they were raped though from what you're saying, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but it could be more than just, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. He said it was all being taken very seriously and police would be put out to try and hunt down Jack and a reward for his capture was put into place. He said the man could appear as a devil-like creature or a bear. Now, the bear story comes from an account from a gardener who said he jumped over the garden wall dressed as a bear, growling, and then proceeded to chase the gardener on all fours until he decided he'd had enough and left. They showed us it wasn't a bear. What, a bear in Victorian London? Could have escaped from the circus. No. What do you think to the bear growling and, like, chasing on all fours? I think just someone being a little jokester like Ben. Yeah, but to a perfect stranger and growling and stuff. I'll actually tell you what I think this sounds like, this whole charade. Like someone has escaped from an asylum and they're just living at large. Yeah. Like it sounds like an absolute crazy person. It does, but then how do you explain the red eyes and the blue fire? Because I think that's Chinese whispers. All right. Okay. Well, we'll keep keep going. We'll see what you think at the end. Okay. So Spring-Heeled Jack began appearing in Penny Dreadfuls. Do you know what Penny Dreadfuls are? No. So Penny Dreadfuls were like a weekly little magazine that would tell horror stories and spooky stories and they were sold for just a penny. Oh, fun. Yeah, they were extremely popular within the lower classes and so the fear of Spring-Heeled Jack spread like wildfire. So they were basically like the little podcasts and... uh... Like the Reddit of the 1900s. Exactly. Mm. It was like the true crime of Victorian era. February of 1838, sisters Lucy and Margaret Scales were on their way home from their brother's house at Narrow Street, Limehouse. As they walked through the dimly lit streets, Lucy saw a fleeting figure who then pounced on her. He covered her in his cloak where she saw his face vomiting out blue flames straight into her eyes. She was left unable to see and having severe fits. Jack ran away as Margaret screamed for help. The brother Tom heard the screams and ran to his sister's aid. He helped Margaret get Lucy home, who was still fitting, and in fact kept fitting for multiple days afterwards. Two days after, he struck again, this time at the Alsop's house. 
He knocked at the door and Jane Alsop came to answer. She saw a gentleman in a cloak and a top hat behind the door. For God's sake, he said, open the door and bring a candle. I'm a policeman. We've caught Springheel Jack here in the lane. Jane rushed to grab a candle and open the door. But as she did, she was met with Springheel Jack himself. His eyes glowing red and his mouth was drooling blue flames. He wore a large helmet and a very tightly fitting outfit. With his razor-sharp claws, he clawed at Jane, destroying her clothes and cutting into her skin. It was her sister Sarah who scared Jack away and rescued her sister from his clutch. She screamed for the police, which made Jack run off into the night, leaving his cloak behind. February 27th, 1838, a servant boy at Turner Street, just off Commercial Road, answered the door to a figure with shiny claws and fiery eyes. The boy screamed and the figure fled. When being questioned, the boy said he saw a family crest, W, on the breastplate of the figure, which led investigators to believe that perhaps Springheeled Jack was the Marquis of Waterford. He wasn't a particularly nice guy and had quite the record to his name already. Despite his noble status, he went to Eton College, so we all know what going to Eton College means. It's the, the school. That aristocracy would have gone there previously. Yes. So he went to Eton College and was known to get extremely drunk, smash windows, riot and pay people to fight him. Despite the suspicions, he was never arrested for being Springhill Jack. There were also other suspects. Thomas Milbank had been overheard bragging to be the much-feared monster in a pub one night when he was extremely drunk. He also was never arrested or charged. James Painter was also arrested as a suspect, but never charged. And Charles Granville was also arrested and charged for assault for imitating Springhill Jack meaning they don't think it was him, he was just a copycat. Despite all these people being looked into, the attacks continued. In 1839, reports of Springheel Jack were arriving from as far as the Midlands. In the early 1840s, a cloaked Springheeled figure was reported to be terrorising the surrounding counties of London. On August 26, 1843... A cloven hoofed devil was reported to have assaulted a man. The man fought him off by setting him on fire. Was he described as hysterical? Probably not, Becky. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. In November 1845, a springing leaping figure was seen by multiple witnesses bounding through Jacob's Island. He then grabbed 13-year-old Mary Davis blew flames in her face and threw her off a bridge where she died. She was the first and only death blamed on Spring Hill Jack. And she was only 13. That's sad. A little love. In the 1870s, the Peckham ghost was reported by multiple witnesses. There was also a park ghost in Sheffield, both of which locals believe was actually Spring Hill Jack. One of the most notable Springheel Jack sightings came in August of 1877 from a group of soldiers in Aldershot's barracks. A sentry noticed a strange figure in the darkness who ended up slapping him in the face. When a guard shot at the figure, there was no visible effect. Then the figure disappeared into the darkness with long leaps. After the Springheel Jack sighting at Aldershot, sentries were given ammunition and ordered to shoot the figure on sight if he ever appeared again. 
but he did not. In 1877, Springhill Jack appeared in Newport Arch in Lincoln, Lincolnshire, in a sheepskin. A mob chased him and shot at him with no effect. Then he escaped again with the long leaps. It's the long leaps, so he looked like a sheep when he was running away. Yeah. He could just be really tall, though. Jumping over buildings. Ah, it could be exaggerated, though. It could be. We don't know. We don't know. After that sighting, the attacks became vague and few and far between. By the end of the 19th century, the reported sightings of Spring-Hill Jack were moving towards the northwest of England. Around 1888, in Everton, North Liverpool, he allegedly appeared on the rooftop of St. Francis Xavier's Church in Salisbury Street. In 1904, there were reports of appearances in nearby William Henry Street. No one ever was caught for being Spring-Hill Jack, and to this day, these attacks remain a mystery. So what do you think he was? A demon? Ghost? Alien? Or a prankster? You decide. I just don't know. I can see it going all ways. I feel like I have questions. That are not going to be answered. Yeah, they're not going to be answered, but I feel like he was... Well, hit me, you never know. Well, he was spooked quite easily, wasn't he? You know, like, if he was a demon, like... Yeah, he didn't want to be caught. He did not want to be caught. So as soon as anybody screamed or anybody, you know, came to help, he ran off. He didn't want to be caught. It was that weak chin, that thin chin. He knew that if he got hit on the chin, that was it. (laughs) Yeah. He could have been. You know the people that you see it a lot in, like, circus ass acts and stuff that are walk around on, on stilts, stilts. Oh, that's all i can think i've, the whole I've way got through. a feeling that he could just be a bit of a weirdo a bit of a weird like circus guy you know like the guy in the greatest showman on the stilts yeah who's tall already and then they put him on stilts again don't they yeah i can see him being so i mean obviously he's not going to be jumping over buildings but he could be a gymnast on stilts he could have been but he also could have been some sort of weird demon thing. I've I've no explanation because you can breathe fire, right? So somebody could have mastered. He vomited fire. Yes, but and this was before Rene's, <laughs> so I can understand. It's the blueness of the flames. But apparently, after what I've read up, if he had some kind of tube in his mouth that had a mixture of a certain type of spirit then he could, like, breathe blue flames. It is possible. It's a lot of effort, though, isn't it? It is a lot of effort. Yeah. How do you get the glowing red eyes? Well... It would have to be some kind of electrical... He probably had hay fever, <laughs> because I, my my eyes got very, very glowy red. Do they glow red, though? Because <laughs> if they glow red, we've got a problem. Mm, no, they don't. I suppose they don't glow. Anyway, yeah, that was my story. Spring-heeled Jack. I didn't like him. This uh, leapy, skinny person can stay in the Victorian area, if you ask me. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was no fun. No problem. It was fun. We're just having a great time tonight. feel quite uneasy. Along to my story. And to your surprise. It's a murder. It's a murder. Uh-uh. And it's a serial murderer so really going with our title my mind is a blown i know just shaking it up (laughs) i feel like we're dead on theme because my spine has been chilled 
<laughs> yeah, definitely chilled by your skinny, weak-chinned man. This serial killer is going to kill. Jess's emails scared the shit out of me, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that was freaky. Yeah. Also has just made me feel really uneasy that I live alone. Yeah, it's like after you've watched a horror film and you're like, oh. Why did I do that? <laughs> yes. Right, so this story is about the Ashland County Killer. So he has a name and everything. This guy, he was called Sean Michael Great, like a cheese grater, not great as in the great. <laughs> Were you going to ask me to specify, no, Tash? but just funny that you would specify not like a cheese grater. <laughs> well, what else do we grate? <laughs> what are you grating? <laughs> Carrots, mushrooms. Or it could have been like a road grate, couldn't it? Yeah. Yes, I grate mushrooms. I don't think that's weird. Sean Michael Great was born in Marion, Ohio on the 8th of August, 1976, to his father, Terry Great and Teresa McFarland. He's said to have lived a normal early life for once playing softball and football in his backyard and socialising with the neighbourhood children. When Sean was 11, his mother abandoned the family in Ohio to go live with a man in Kentucky. And obviously Sean was very upset with this affair and he did not like any of his mother's boyfriends after she split up with the guy in Kentucky. He lived with his dad for the four years following their divorce. Living with his father, he attended River Valley High School, where he excelled as a baseball player, but he never played again after he broke his arm, which required surgery following the discovery of a tumour. Oh, so he broke his arm, which, which then saved his life because they found this tumour. So Sean started harbouring murderous fantasies towards his mother from a young age, because according to him, she ruined his life. As a teenager growing up in Marion, Ohio, Sean was well-liked, particularly by girls. Underneath the good-looking, blue-eyed outer shell was a complete narcissist and manipulator. Yeah, blinking monster by the sounds of it. He was charming and always had a smile on his face, which did a good job of masking his inner rage, jealousy and simmering violence. For the moment, at least. Sean was apparently very hot and cold and he would be like a party guy and always happy one day and then slip into like a massive depression and like not get up off the sofa, stay in bed all day for days at a time. So when he was 18, he was arrested for grabbing his then girlfriend and mother of his child by the throat. A few years later, he was arrested for breaking into his 17-year-old girlfriend's home and choking her. Not to death, but he just choked her a little bit. Oh, just just a little just bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Cheeky little choke. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, not to the point where she died. Someone intervened or he stopped himself or whatever before it went further. And just eight months after this, he broke into her house again. And like something from a horror movie, he slipped himself underneath her sofa and hid until she came home. Oh, that's horrible. And then when she did, he jumped out and threatened her with a butcher knife, but later left. 
And that, guys, is why we do not have sofas with long legs. Yeah. We have sofas that are close to the ground. Yeah, just the little stubby legs. Stubby's enough. Yep. (laughs) In 2011, Sean met Amber Bowman at church. The pair got married and had a child together. Their marriage was short-lived, and after a year, they divorced. By 2012, Amber had filed for an order of protection against her ex-husband. At one point, he asked a friend to lend him some money, and the friend refused. So Sean apparently went mad at the guy, cut the guy out of his life completely, but not before telling him that he was going to start seeing Sean's dark side, which is super cringe. Yeah. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, so the whole scene, oh, you're going to see my dark side, just seems super cringe to me, but he obviously did have a dark side. If not, I wouldn't be talking about him. (laughs) (laughs) It'd make for a pretty shit story, wouldn't it? (laughs) Well, for this podcast, it would. So, ever the ladies, man. Oh, and by the way, the girlfriend that he hid under a sofa and everything, he also had a child with that girlfriend. So three kids, three different girls. Nice, keeping it classy. Well, it's it seems like he's got good seed to spread, you know. He can keep his charming exterior for a, for a while, enough to get them pregnant and trap them in the relationship. And then luckily these girls all got out before it got too bad. So eventually he began dating Christina Hildreth. The couple had happy beginnings, but Sean couldn't hide his true colours for long. He fluctuated from being very cold and indifferent towards his girlfriend to then being extremely jealous and controlling. And one night, Sean beat Christina in the face multiple times and tried to strangle her. He would be arrested and receive jail time for this and he'd stay 180 days in jail, even though his sentence was for longer. He got out early as they all do. So after he got out of jail, Sean began dating multiple women, taking advantage of many of them. He saw women as meal tickets and sex dolls. Oh, charming. He was really charming. He would get them to lend him money with promises that he would pay them back. It just baffles me that women are so eager to do that. Yeah. I think he's just knew how to turn the charm on and they thought that he genuinely was a nice guy. I just can't Maybe. see myself lending money to I would to never. People. Like, not to somebody in a, I don't know. Yeah, it's, you've yeah. Got, I think when you lend money to someone, you have to kind of think, am I okay with lending this money to this person and they never pay me back? Because exactly. that's always, it's always a, um, a risk. It's different if you lended someone a couple of quid to, I don't know how much he was asking for, but. So he saw himself as like the alpha male and women as stupid little girls that he could easily manipulate. Nice. So he was a catch. But like I say, until they were really kind of deep into the, well, deeper into the relationship, these women didn't see that side of him. They just saw him as this awesome guy. Yeah. Whilst he was hopping from woman to woman, he would meet his first victim. So Rebecca Lacey was a sex worker. It was unclear whether they started seeing each other, like, dating. Yeah. Or whether Sean paid for her services at first. Okay. But it's supposed that their relationship was that they shared drugs every now and again and had like a casual sexual relationship. Right. One day, Sean invited Rebecca to his place 
And while they were there, Sean went to the bathroom. And while he was in there, he heard the jingle of the bell that he had on his wallet. So, like, she'd gone in his wallet? Yeah. And also, who has a bell on their wallet? It's kind of a good idea, but it's a bit weird. So, hearing that, Sean stormed out of the bathroom and confronted Rebecca. And then when he noticed a couple of dollars missing from his wallet, he claimed that Rebecca had stolen them. I had reports where it said $40, and then I've seen reports where it said $4. Okay. But either or, it's not worth what comes next. So he claimed that Rebecca had stolen from him, and as she tried to leave, he grabbed her, which led to a fight. It was during that fight that he strangled her multiple times and ultimately strangled her to death. I mean, horrendous. Yeah. Then he dumped her body in some woodland where it wouldn't be found for nearly two months. Oh, poor love. But Rebecca's autopsy would show that the immediate cause of death was cardiac respiratory arrest because of acute intoxication caused by the combined effects of morphine, cocaine and opioids. Oh. So basically they ruled her death a overdose. Okay. And they missed the fact that she was strangled to death. Wow. Yes, they had been taking drugs together. Maybe they just thought she had enough in her system to overdose or Sean forced her to take more drugs than what she was going to. Because if she was with it enough to try and steal money from him, I don't think she was ready to go and overdose on on the drugs right there and then. Well, no. And also it doesn't explain how she'd end up in a, a woods. Yeah, well, she was known with the authorities to be like um, that she took drugs and was a sex worker. So I don't know whether they kind of figured out that it was her and said, oh, hey, it was probably drugs. That's sad. And they didn't look into it anymore. Another girl, Candice Cunningham, lived with Sean in Mansfield before her disappearance in 2015. At the time, the police came up with nothing, no body, so they couldn't rule out that she had maybe run away. But in fact, Sean had actually strangled Candace to death and hid her body behind a burnt-down house in Richland County. So he's just strangling people and getting rid of their bodies. But I, th- I don't know if he's doing that on purpose, but he seems to be targeting people that are... Vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable and that the police... It's not very interesting for the police to look into. On the 16th of August, 2016, Elizabeth Griffith disappeared from a car park in Ashland, Ohio. According to CCTV, the 29-year-old was shopping in Walmart at the time of her abduction, and from there her movements are unknown. The local media picked up Elizabeth's story, but the police did very little about her disappearance. Another girl, 43-year-old Stacy Stanley's disappearance was handled very similar to Elizabeth's. Stacy went missing after she stopped at a petrol station She got a flat tyre there, so she called her sister to ask if she could come and help her. Yeah. And while they were on the phone trying to work out what they were going to do, Stacey's sister would hear a man offer his assistance, which she took and said that she'd call her when she gets home. Then her sister didn't hear anything back that day, and the next day when she still hadn't heard back, she knew that something was very, very wrong and immediately contacted the police. But because of Stacy's run-in with the police in the past, they assumed that she'd gone to go get high somewhere. It's just shit, isn't it, that they just don't take it serious? Mm. They were saying in, in other reports that Stacy 
had been sober for over six months and was getting her life together as well. Bless her. And then this happens. So yeah, both of them were sadly more of Sean's victims. On the 11th of September the same year, Sean imprisoned a woman that I will refer to as Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. So Jane Doe regarded Sean as an older brother. The charming disguise that he used still worked ma- its magic, but this time as like more of like a big brother role. Sean had gained Jane Doe's trust, and then he kidnapped her and took her to a house that he was squatting in. Over the period of nearly two days, Jane Doe was repeatedly raped and beaten by Sean, and he kept her tied up on the bed. In the early hours of the 13th of September, the 38-year-old managed to free herself from her bindings and find Sean's mobile phone to call 911. Because she's so awesome, she quietly dialed the number and waited to talk to an operator. When they answered, she was just whispering very, very quietly down the phone, explaining that she'd been kidnapped, that she was in the room with her attacker, what was happening to her, and if they could send help. The 911 operator asked if she could get out of the room, And Jane Doe replied that there was rubbish all over the floor and she thinks that he might have set traps by the door. And she just didn't want to wake him up. Oh, girl. So she managed to tell the dispatcher that the house that she was in was opposite a laundromat, which helped police zero in to her location. And then as Jane's talking to the dispatcher, she suddenly says, oh, shit like that and the line went quiet for a few minutes which for the dispatcher felt like hours after what seemed like an eternity the woman picked the phone back up and she said that she'd bumped into sean's taser waking him up but luckily he just kind of sleepily sat up in the bed stared at the floor before laying back down again not realizing that his victim had the police on the phone and were directing them to the house where she was being held hostage. Officers luckily managed to find the house. Uh, They couldn't get inside at first as there wasn't a doorknob. Sean had taken it off so that Jane Doe couldn't escape. They managed to get the door open, get into the bedroom where they both were, and arrest her attacker who was still asleep in the bedroom. Sean was taken into custody and a search of the house began where horrific scenes greeted officers. The girl that was kidnapped, she got taken to hospital to be checked out and uh, the police conducted a search of the property. So while searching the house, police were hit with the smell of death coming from the basement. And after searching the house, they found the decomposing body of Stacy Stanley, who was found under a pile of rubbish. So she was the one that was kidnapped from the petrol station. Oh, God. A search of the upper levels of the house found a wardrobe that had been duct taped shut. Well, that's a bit suspicious. Yeah, and inside was the deteriorating body of another woman that was hogtied with ropes. She was so decomposed that she couldn't be identified at first glance. But her dental records later identified her as 29-year-old Elizabeth Griffith. What disgusts me about some serial killers more than others 
is they're completely desensitised to anything, aren't they? Like, some of them do bury their victims, don't they? Or at least leave them in places for them to be found. But, like, that is so... I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. It just shocks me so much. They're just left rotting. Yeah. Well, it's, there's levels of it. Like, the one that he'd shoved her under a load of rubbish, yeah. so basically so she was just the same as the trash. But also, a body stinks. Have you ever accidentally come across like a dead animal when you were walking around one day? It absolutely reeks and that times a million when it's a person because we're big compared to like a rabbit. And then also it's just that was a person that you've taken from their family and you just left them in the cupboard. I don't know. There's lots of levels to it. So at the station, Sean Great had begun to talk about his crimes. He believed that the women that he had kidnapped, he said that their brains were empty and that he'd only taken their bodies. What that meant, I don't, I don't know what he means by that. But I think he just means that he sees them as things that he can just take. I think it might mean that he's mental. Yeah. Yeah possibly trying to make sense of things that are not gonna it's not gonna happen is it no he's just a lunatic yeah he told investigators that he took jane doe to become his wife and that he believed that she was there of her own accord and that he never planned to kill her unlike the others so she was tied to the bed tied to a bed that's how you woo somebody Uh that's how you win them over yeah absolutely He rambled about his crimes for hours, but the conversation soon took a turn when he started to speak about the other murders that he committed. He started talking about the other girls that I'd mentioned previously. Do you remember Candice that they never found her body, they just had her as missing? Yeah. So he led them to where he'd buried her behind the back of that burnt down house. The media would call him the Ashland County Killer. In 2007, a body was found in Marion County, Ohio. So this was before he got caught. This is back in 2007. Her identity was unknown for 12 years, up until when Sean Great got caught and he told investigators where to find his apparent first victim. So when he told investigators about this murder, he couldn't remember the woman's name. But in June 2019, a DNA Doe project became involved in the case and she was finally identified as 23-year-old mother of two, Dana Lowry. So he killed a woman and then he couldn't even be bothered to remember her name. It just makes it worse for some reason. Well, they're not people to him, are they? No. It's obvious. He's just dehumanising them. Yeah. So Sean initially pleaded guilty by reason of insanity, but in April 2017, the plea was withdrawn. So Jane Doe, so her name hasn't been released. Jane Doe took the stand saying that he was kind of goofy, but he struck me as as kind. This was before, obviously, he had kidnapped her. She told the court that he assaulted her in every way imaginable. She recounted that he tied her to the bed and in different positions raping her continuously throughout the day and a half that he had held her captive. That was horrible, but well done to her for standing up to him and standing up in court and telling everyone what a monster he was. Is Absolutely. He's a piece of shit, isn't he? Mm. 
On Monday, the 7th of May, 2018, Sean was found guilty of the murders of Stacey Stanley and Elizabeth Griffith. He was sentenced to death. On the 1st of March, 2019, he pleaded guilty to the murders of Rebecca Lacey, Candice Cunningham, and received a life sentence with no parole, plus 17 additional years to life for other charges. Six months later, he pleaded guilty to Dana Lowry's murder and again received a life sentence without parole, plus 16 years in prison. So this guy's not getting out. Good. Yeah, and at the minute he is still on death row in prison waiting for his execution date. So there we are, that was the Ashland County Killer. So Sean Great, piece of shit. What a fucking lunatic. Yeah, well done to... Jane Doe, though, for being so brave to manage to get out of her... She was... I think she was hogtied most of the time. Managed to get out of that, then find a phone, then managed to dial 911 and direct them to a house where she didn't even know where she was. Yeah. Well, thanks, Becky Booze. Yeah, there we are. Thanks, babe. Have you got a song for us, Becky? Yeah, hit us with this horror song. Maybe I might get this one. I've been rubbish lately. I haven't been getting any of them. I've uh, had to resist the urge to sing it about six times because uh, I only finished it earlier, but it's one of those songs that if it gets in your head, you've got it in your head all day. I'll read it out and you let me know if it's if it's okay. What do we do if it's not okay, Becky? I don't know. We'll have to just be like, well, Becky's song was shit. <laughs> We're not putting that in. <laughs> You were alone before me, you had no friends. I can help you forget your problems. Just use me another time, and the high will last all night. This is all you want to do. Your friends say take me, it would be fun. One more time, just me and you. When your heart starts pounding, we can both hear it boom. It's going faster now, maybe you took too much. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I think this is our last night together, together in your room. I know what it is. Oh! <laughs> what song? <laughs> Must not sing. If you have any idea of what that song was, write in and tell us. You will win a virtual prize of thanks from us. We've got a bit of exciting news for you guys. We do. Right, it's not that exciting. It's exciting. I'm for like, us. have we? Yeah, what is it? Oh, we have. Right down in your calendars, Sunday, the 27th of November, because we are going live on Facebook again and it's going to be a lot more relaxed, a lot more chill. We're just going to chat with you guys. We've got Ruth coming on with Charlie the Skeleton. And she's got some stories for us. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a couple of little mini stories going. And yeah, so if you want to come and hang out with us, come and join the Facebook page, Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. So come and join us there. And then yeah, come and chat to us Sunday, the 27th of November at 9pm Paris time, 8pm London time. And for everybody else, you'll have to look it up because I don't know. Come on over. Baby, come on over. Yeah, come and chill with us. Come and tell us your ghost stories or your murder stories. Tell us. If you've got any questions or anything you maybe want us to ask on your behalf or you want us to talk about. Yeah, you can ask us anything. Send us a message just if you're not necessarily going to be there. I think you should be able to watch it after, shouldn't you? Oh, yeah, it'll stay on the Facebook page. You can watch it afterwards. 
it will I don't know if I'll turn it into an episode or not. It depends how good it is. How it happens. Yeah. Put that in your diaries, people. Right, should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. So you can follow us on TikTok. We are upping our TikTok game right now. I've just looked at our TikTok. We've gone from ten followers to a hundred. Yes, we fucking have. So we're upping that. We're trying to post more, interact more on TikTok. So that is SCSK underscore podcast. That is the same for our Instagram and our Twitter as well. Yeah. Twitter. I mean, come join by all means. Still no idea how it works. Yeah, I still don't understand Twitter. Yeah, we try. I've managed to make friends with loads of podcasters on Twitter but I don't think it's getting us any listeners, but I've made loads of cool podcaster friends. Yeah. And uh, if you have any stories that you want to write in, ghost stories. Like Jess. Yeah, like Jess Jess's was an amazing, amazing story. Yeah, even if it's just a short story. I mean, just send it in. I'd love to read it. Love to read it out if that's okay. If you have any hometown murder stories or anything you'd like to suggest that we do a case on on the show, or if I could just read out your email, that'd be great. Or just to reach out, say hi. Love that too. And the email address is chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. Oh, that is very true. Mm -hmm. Okay, ladies. I shall see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. Bye.